Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. What I believe and what I've been praying for and what I'm going to continue to pray for is that from our congregation here, we need more pastors. Where do we get them? Well, guess what? We get them right from our midst because God calls. And here you are today, and you're sitting here, and you're listening to this message, and this could be the beginning of a call. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Acts, chapter 20, verses 17 through 32, in a message titled, A Word to Pastors. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Every time you come here, we've got our Bible, and we've got it open, and we're reading from it, and we're walking through the text, and we're teaching it. We're not just, you know, using it as a supplement to other things that we want to talk about. No, this is the substantial thing. We might bring in other things, you know, to supplement or to illustrate what we're saying, But what we're doing is we are teaching God's word because that's the way the flock of God is nourished. Now, I read a statistic just a few days ago that that talked about like maturity levels among Christians. And it was really interesting because actually the statistic was those who read the Bible most frequently were found to be the most spiritually mature. It wasn't even they studied the Bible. It wasn't that they, you know, listened to Bible studies, but they read it. And you think, well, that, of course, because this is God's word. This is the food. And the more you ingest it, the more you take it in, just like, you know, it works the same way for our bodies, right? The more we take in good food, the healthier and the stronger we become. And so this is the first responsibility of the shepherd, to feed the flock of God and to feed them his word. We're not, again, we're not about all of these other things. You know, we're not about politics. We're not about, you know, cultural this or that or what's happening societally. All of that stuff overlaps at points, but that's not the emphasis. That's not the the main thing. And, and we don't use the Bible as a springboard into a topic that I want to talk to you about. So I got this really cool topic I want to talk to you about, but I need a Bible verse. So let me spring off the Bible verse so it looks like we're doing something from the Bible. But what we're really doing is I'm just giving you my opinion about something I'm passionate about. That happens a lot of times. And that is not what Paul is talking about. When he says shepherd the flock, he means give them God's word. Like, like he said that he did. I gave you everything that was profitable for you because of his concern for their spiritual well-being. So God feeding them with God's word. Secondly, tending to the flock of God. Notice what it says in the prophecy here, that he will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them close to his heart. I love that. And what this talks about is the need for the pastor or pastors, plural, plurality of pastors. That's what we have here. 
it's talking about the personal attention that is given. Now, there's, there's places for just exactly what we're doing right now. I'm speaking to a larger number of you. But there's also a place pastorally for personal care. Some of you, at some point in time, you will need to have a follow-up to maybe something you've heard taught from the pulpit here. So something speaks to you and you think, I've got to find out more about how that is going to be worked out in my life and what, you know, what that means for me and all that. And so that's where the pastoral care part comes in. You see, if we just would say, well, you know, I just like to do the platform thing and, you know, I don't really want to have any personal connection with anybody. Well, that, that's really not shepherding because a shepherd has to have personal connection. I mean, in the Middle East, you know, the shepherding there, and Jesus uses the illustration himself that he is the good shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. He's taking all of that from what actually happens with shepherds. So a shepherd wasn't somebody who was, you know, just kept his distance from the flock. The shepherd was the person who at times was very much engaged with the flock, you know, getting right down and having to you know, mend their wounds and cuddle them and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that's the pastoral care that's a responsibility as well. Praying for people individually, counseling them biblically and personally caring for them. But then the third thing, that he shall gently lead those who are with young. And this is also a part of the pastor's job, is to lead people. Now, we do that by giving direction, by giving guidance, by, you know, sometimes a person doesn't really know the way to go. And, and a pastor who is wise and who is grounded in God's word and who has the spirit operating in their life, they can say, you know, they listen to your story and they say, you know, I think God wants you to go in this direction. And suddenly you're finding that, wow, I'm really being led. And so we lead. We lead by example. Paul, a lot of what he did here in the first part was he just reminded them of who he was among them. So he's leading. He's showing them this is, this is what a pastor is. I think also that each local church, each individual congregation, I think God has a calling. And it's my responsibility to sense the calling that God has on us as a congregation so that we can be going in the direction. You know, like we pointed out in the previous study, the church is not to just, you know, be isolated in a community. The church is God's base of operation in the community from which ministry is to go out. So what ministry do we do? Well, that's the pastor's job, to know what ministry we do. I've prayed about it. I've sought the Lord. God is speaking this to me. God is showing us that this is the way we need to go. And people are like, yeah, that's right. I feel that too. Let's go. That's, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about leading here. But then fourthly, uh, the Isaiah passage doesn't have this, but again, it's implied with the shepherd. The shepherd was responsible to protect the sheep. That's part of the shepherd's job. And look what Paul says here in the passage. He says in verse 29, after he tells them to you know, shepherd the flock, he says, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up 
speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. And so this is another responsibility. The pastors are to equip. See, as we equip you, as we teach you God's word, we are equipping you with the truth so that when error comes your way, you can detect it and defend yourself against it. There are times, not just are we equipping, but there are times when we have to warn as well. There are times when we have to say, hey, watch out for this. Sometimes we actually, actually have to say, hey, watch out for this person because this person is teaching something that is harmful. Now, you know, oftentimes people get kind of frustrated with the, the church. It's like, you know, your message is so negative. You know, why don't you, you guys don't have any good thing to say. And, you know, they've got a point. And I think we have to be careful not to be, we already have to warn, but we, we should be warning about real problems and concerns. You know, most of the, all that noise that's made and all of that, most of it is just Christians bickering with each other over things they don't like that don't really have any major doctrinal significance. And that it needs to just stop. We need to silence that. It's like, there should be a, a, a thing on Facebook where you could just turn that part of it off because that's where so much of this crazy stuff goes on. But there is a legitimate place to warn. And there are real dangers out there. There are, as Paul said, notice the terms that he used. He uses a, a strong term, savage wolves. Well, savage wolf, that's vicious, that's ferocious. And, and there are those who will try to come in and bring destructive teaching. And these are the things that the pastor is responsible to warn about. And so there, there are those times inevitably where you're gonna have to say things that, that come across negative simply because these are real issues that need to be addressed and guarded against. So these are the four things that Paul says. Feed, tend, lead, protect. Now, Paul expresses here in, verses, in verse 32, he expresses what everyone who's in pastoral ministry needs to, to know. And this is it. He says this in verse 32. Now, brethren, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. You know, every pastor has to learn this, that at the end of the day, the people belong to God. And that's what Paul said in the, in the latter part of verse 28, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And we, we have to recognize that, that at the end of the day, the church is God's responsibility. And there's a point where I have to, as a, as a pastor, I have to trust in the sovereign power and grace of God to take care of his people. Um, because, of course, I won't always be around to do it. And I can't spend my life worrying about well, who's going you know, to be the next person to come along. There, there's that point where you have to just say, okay, Lord, these are your people. And that's what Paul is doing here. He is 
expressing his confidence that God is able. God is able. I, I have learned this over the years that God is able. And in my younger years of pastoring, I, I, was, I was much more just you know, thinking that it was up to me to make sure everything went right and to make sure everybody you know, did well and you know, what, what about this? And if they go and what, what's going to happen? And it, you know, there, there comes a point where you just have to just say, okay, Lord, it, it's your church. It's your church. You purchased it with your blood. It, you care about it more than I do. Now, again, I'm, you know, I'm speaking to, to a broader audience than, who, than those of you that are sitting here. But you know, this is something that's hard for pastors to learn. There are pastors today who should step away from their church. They, they, they should retire. There is a legitimate place for that. And they should pass the baton to the next generation. But you know what? They won't do it. Why won't they do it? Because they can't trust God to take care of it. They think, you know, if I'm not doing it, it's all going to fall apart. Well, listen, if your church falls apart because you're not doing it, then you're doing it all wrong in the first place. Because you're obviously teaching people dependency on you, not on the Lord. So, you know, there, there is that point where we have to recognize. Now, in the end of the day, I commend you to God. I'll never forget this moment. I was in London, and I was sitting there praying with five guys. And these guys are really dear friends of mine. They're still very close friends today. And I'll never forget that one of them said this. Now, I was probably there two years at the time, and I, I was kind of, in my mind, indefinitely there. I wasn't going anywhere. And this is what the, the friend prayed. He said, Lord, he said, may we never hear the day that Pastor Brian says that he has to move on. And you know, I said, amen, amen. May they never hear that day because I didn't want that day to come. But you know, that day did come. But I remember as he prayed that prayer, I just thought, oh, you know, my heart was so touched because of his affection uh, for me as the pastor. But um, you know, that day did come. That day did come when God said, hey, I'm calling you. You need to leave. You got to go back. And, but Lord, what about this? Well, Brian, it's my church. I purchased it with my blood. And just, you know, just give it to me. I'll take care of it. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to learn that. And, you know, my son, who's here leading worship this morning, who is also a pastor, said, Dad, let me give you a little tip here. And it was a good tip, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it and go. <laughs> no, he just shared with me what he was sharing with his church when he was preaching on this passage. But talking just about this whole idea of commending it to God, recognizing the ability to God, uh, the, the ability of God to, to do it. And what he said to me, he said, you know, when I was young in the ministry, he said, I, I just... I was just so worried, like, you know, this is going to happen and a false teaching is going to come in and, I, you know, oh no, there's a little bit of sin. We got to get this out of here as quick as we can. And he said, you know, over the years, you learn to trust in God's sovereignty. You learn that if you try to control something too much, you can actually squelch it, you can actually choke it, you can actually prevent people from moving forward with the Lord. You think you're trying to get them to move forward with the Lord by jumping in and correcting their whatever, you know, at that point. But you, what you end up doing is you, because you're not trusting God, 
you end up interfering with what God's going to do. And you could actually mess the whole thing up. So the point was, as, as pastors, and I, I have learned this over the years, you have to remember at the end of the day, this is God's church. And to be able to say, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I am so glad that you're God's sheep at the end of the day and that he's watching out for you. He's taking care of you. He loves you. He's working in your life. And I'm thankful to have a part in that, but I know that my part has limitations. And of course, he has no limitations. And so Paul's confidence, this is the pastor's confidence that the church was bought with the blood of God and God is able to do what he plans and intends to do with the church. Now, in closing, remember Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And we look at Jesus and we see that he is, he's really, you know, Paul is a, is a great example here to, to follow that example. But Je- Paul, Paul is looking to Jesus. Jesus was a great shepherd of the sheep. But Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, listen to what he, or li- listen to what the gospel tells us about him. When he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That is what I am praying. And that's what I'm always praying. Lord, we need more shepherds. We need more churches. We need more pastors just coming off, you know, the pastor's conference and, you know, having conversations with people from all over the world and and listening to men who are pleading and saying, oh, we need help. We need more churches. We, We need, can you send people? And it's just like, oh, yes, Lord, please do that. And that's a prayer that I am praying regularly. And I would encourage you to pray that prayer as well. Because God calls people. And this is what I want to finish up with today. God calls people into being pastors. Notice what Paul says here. He says, take heed to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The people, the church, are the flock of God the Father, purchased by the precious blood of God the Son, and supervised by overseers appointed by the Holy Spirit. See, that's, that's the thing. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. Pastors are people who are appointed by God. Pastors are not people who just wake up one day and decide, I want to be a pastor. I think that would be a good vocation. 
Pastors are people who are called by God. Now, it could be that you wake up one day and decide, I want to be a pastor, and that's how God's calling you, because you have this thought that comes into your head that's never been there before. What am I thinking? Why would I want to be a pastor? But my point is this. It's a calling. It's an appointing by God. And to me, I think of the, the to, to be a pastor, and I think of Jesus who said, I am the good pastor. That's what he said. I am the good shepherd. I am the good pastor. Remember, it's the same word. I, I am the good shepherd. And, and to think, to be able to follow in the steps of the Lord Jesus with that, what an incredible honor. But again, it's not something that, that a person did, you know, decides to do. There's, there's a calling there. And what I believe and what I've been praying for and what I'm going to continue to pray for is that from our congregation here, we need more pastors. Where do we get them? Well, guess what? We get them right from our midst because God calls. And here you are today and you're sitting here and you're listening to this message. And this could be the beginning of a call of God on your life into pastoral ministry. This could be the just further confirmation that God has been speaking this to you. This could be that word that you just walk walk away today going, okay, there's no doubt in my mind that this is, this is the call of God on my life. I know that that's what happened to me. Many, many years ago, I was sitting right over in that section and I was listening to Pastor Chuck teach up here and I just began to have the sense that God was going to lead me to do what Chuck was doing. And believe me, I was about as clueless as they came back in those days. I mean, I'm like, wow. How, how would that ever happen? And, you know, through a process of time, Pastor Chuck found out that that was something that I was thinking, something that was on my heart. And when he invited me to come on staff and to uh, train as an intern, the first thing I said to him was, I don't know what to do. And he said, of course you don't. That's why I've asked you to come and train. And I'll teach you. And, you know, and, but my point isn't so much that. My point was when I was sitting over there, 22, 23 years old, and God starts speaking that to me. And so maybe you're hearing something like that today because the church needs today men who will say, as Paul said in verse 24, nothing moves me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish the race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The church needs men appointed by the Holy Spirit as overseers of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And I am convinced that God is calling people. We're not done here on the earth yet. As much as you know, people want to think that, oh man, the rapture is probably next week because look what's going on in the news. Look what's going on in Israel. Uh, I beg to differ. I think there's time. God is on the move. He's working. He's sending his servants out. He's still calling. He's still appointing. He's still equipping and he's still sending. And I want us to do that until the day that he takes us out of here. 
the month of May, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled A Woman's Battle for Grace by Cheryl Broderson. Have you ever found it difficult to receive, keep, and maintain grace? Without grace, there's constant condemnation, fear, and anxiety. In her book, A Woman's Battle for Grace, Cheryl Broderson shares how all believers can find victory in the battle against grace. Cheryl points out the enemies of grace, but she also explains how grace gives power, forgiveness, blessing, and how it will enable you to live the abundant life that Jesus promised. If you want to live a life in the freedom of the grace of God, this book provides practical instruction to help and equip you. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order A Woman's Battle for Grace by Cheryl Broderson. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.